0: Radio Why Crusher? It's good to see you.
1: You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Can I ask you a question? Sure, Woody. What do you want to know? Um, which key unlocks the storage room? I don't know.
0: Hold it still. Look carefully. Very carefully. You're getting sleepy. Very sleepy. Woody. Very, very sleepy. Woody, go to sleep.
1: All right, welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Thank you so much for joining us today. A very important conversation as we attack our top priority in human performance, that is sleep. It impacts everything that you do, and it's tied in with everything we talk about on the show, especially this year, as we look at two major themes, talent and the Crush Brain Game. These things are interwoven and intimately connected. And if we're going to help you reach your potential and be at your highest level of readiness day to day, we have to understand the ins and outs of getting a good sleep. Today, we're going to talk with Crush all-time favorite, Dr. Charles Samuels from the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. We're going to talk to Dr. Samuels about sleep strategies. We're also going to talk about the wearable technologies. How accurate are those things, and are they giving us the information we really need We also have to use great caution when we start relying on numbers to evaluate our levels of readiness, even our performance outcomes. We'll discuss that. And we have to get back to the discussion of over-the-counter sleep aids. I fear we are making grave, grave mistakes all too often when it comes to the sleep aids out there. We have to clear the air and set the record straight. And we're going to do that today with Dr. Samuels. And then we're going to look at sleep technology from a different angle. If you look at how much time we spend in bed, how much time we spend sleeping over a lifetime, we might as well be comfortable. But there are so many options on the market right now. It has exploded. There are so many variations of mattresses, so many price points, and so many options. How do you know if you're purchasing the right mattress for you? We're going to talk with Sam Prohaska, founder and CEO of GoodMorning.com, an online mattress company. We're going to talk to Sam about the new technologies out there, all the various options, but maybe most important, how do you find the right mattress for you? It's a very individual thing, so I'm really looking forward to talking with Sam because we've never really attacked the mattress technology side of things here on Crush Performance. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. All right. If you have any questions on today's show, or if you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, let us know. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. Follow me, at Jeff Crush on Twitter, and search out Crush Performance for all other social media platforms. Before we get to Dr. Samuels, I have to talk about the NFL playoffs. Boy, oh boy, this has been an absolute treat. Even if you're not a big football fan, it has been fun to watch. Boy, oh boy, you know, if you look at the Crush teams... To watch From the start of the NFL season, we fared fairly well. We really, really did. The Cowboys, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Seahawks were all crushed teams to watch this year. They didn't go deep into the playoffs, but they were interesting stories to watch. The Cowboys, of course, uh, because of all of the trials and tribulations they're going through. Can they turn that organization around? They had some ups and downs this year. We're going to watch what the offseason looks like. We're following the Raiders. Of course, I'm a Raiders fan from way back, but more so, we're watching them because of... The investment, the ownership has made in trying to push that team deep into the playoffs, maybe to a Super Bowl, plus the new stadium in Las Vegas. This was supposed to be a grand opening of gargantuan proportions. Didn't happen because of COVID. Fingers crossed that everybody gets to enjoy that new stadium next year. We'll be watching the Raiders this offseason. The Patriots, of course, because of the exit of Tom Brady. We were watching to see if Belichick could keep that team competitive without Brady. Oh boy, it didn't work out so well. Listen, it's going to be like a tanker ship, turning that team around, that organization around. It's going to be a slow turn. This year didn't go well, but what they do this offseason and how they perform next year, I think is going to be the true test of Coach Belichick and his staff and, of course, all the recruiting that they do. So they're going to be fascinating to watch here for a number of reasons. We're always watching the Seahawks. Because, you know what, just internally, I've got a feeling they just do things right from an organizational standpoint. They're always, always competitive. And when you see interviews of staff and and their head coach, Pete Carroll, they're always saying good things. They're always saying the right things. So we're always watching the Seahawks to see how they fare, of course. But When it comes to the NFL playoffs, we did really well in terms of crush teams to watch. We're watching the Bucks, of course, for obvious reasons. You know, that organization has been trying to turn themselves around for years, and they add Tom Brady. That's like adding some spice to a really, really good dish that just takes it to another level. Tom Brady is that. He's everything we thought he was going to be, and Gronkowski was there, of course, but boy, oh boy, did that organization come together. They're going to be fun to watch right to the bitter end. If you listen to the show, you know that Cleveland Browns are one of our top teams to watch. Not because they've been successful. They have not been successful. We've been watching them since new ownership took over to see if they could turn that organization around. And talk about a slow tanker ship turning in the ocean. This has been a slow turn. But boy, they finally have the pieces of the puzzle together. Now we watch to see can they continue building and maintain that success moving forward. The Browns have been a fascinating real-life, real-time experiment in organizational performance. And boy, they finally got it together. Can they build and continue their success? We have our fingers crossed. We're rooting for them. They have not only been our number one team in the NFL to watch, they have at times been our number one team in all of sport to watch. So uh, congratulations to all the success there. And here's to continued success moving forward. We've been also watching the Rams. Of course, McVay comes in, youngest coach and a real cool approach. Can he turn this organization into a championship team? Well, they've had incredible success and they have been fun to watch. And then last week's show, I said, I'm going to try to reach out to see if we can get McVay on the show. I'm going to try. I seriously am. I don't know him personally, but I really, really like the approach of that organization. I think in all of sport, they're probably one of the organizations to watch. I just get the feeling that internally, they're doing some very, very special things. And I think it's driven by that head coach and his supporting cast, of course. So the Rams we've been watching. And of course, we've been watching Green Bay. The Packers. They're a fun team to watch for many reasons. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm missing their fans. Their fans are just those diehard, to the core type fans. And boy, I miss them. I miss watching them. And seeing the impact they have when that team plays at home. It is powerful stuff. And Green Bay, of course, is going to be a team for us to watch this offseason. The fans, to me, a lot like the Raiders fans. Painted up, dressed in colors, costumed, but passionate 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 fans oh fingers crossed this whole vaccine rollout goes well so we can get back to cheering on our teams live in person uh thank goodness they've got sport going uh speaking of which the nhl season has just kicked off and of course at the start of every season we dedicate a lot of time and effort to decide which teams which storylines which players we're going to watch over the course of the season just like we do with every other sport so really quickly here Even if you're not a hockey fan, see if you agree with us here. The kind of storylines we'll be keeping an eye on, of course, in this abbreviated schedule, which is going to be, first off, fascinating to watch. They're going to the sort of Major League Baseball type series approach, which I think is going to be great for the game. I think we're going to see a massive resurgence in local rivalries that I believe is going to be great for the game. I think it's also going to have a real positive impact on player health and recovery, their levels of readiness, you know, the... Cut back in travel, uh, staying in one place for a couple of nights, I think is going to bode well for not just the player house, but also performance, much like we saw in the NBA bubble. One of the major takeaways from surveys that were done with players, coaches, and the management was the fact that players were more rested. The players were claiming they felt more rested. They felt more ready. The coaches noticed their vigor and their effort levels going up. And the management saw a better game. And I think we experienced that as fans. So we're going to be watching that in this NHL, this new NHL model. And that has a lot to do with the realignment of these divisions. Of course, this is a very unique scenario for this compressed COVID season. But I think it's not only going to be great for player performance and player health, it's going to be great for team rivalries. I think we're really going to spark a new interest in the game. And it's going to be even more interesting to see what the NHL does after this COVID umbrella is lifted. When we get kind of back to normal, which I believe is going to be a new normal, because there's going to be huge takeaways here. Some of these teams will be playing each other up to 10 times this season. And when you get a team playing each other maybe two nights in a row or in a, in a homestand of three games, you know things are going to get heated up. It's going to be great for the teams because there's no fans. So I think this will really help liven up the, uh, the competitive edge, so to speak. But it's also, I think, going to be great for the fan base. We're going to get reunited with some of these great local rivalries that I think is going to be great for the game. For the crushed teams and players to watch, we're going to be watching the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, they've got to make some move. They have to have some success. And there was a point there uh, in the last couple of years where they were our number one team to watch in all of the sport. Because on the verge of re-emerging success, they let go of their GM and their head coach. Talk about switching gears midstream. They're starting to return back and having some success. And then, boom. They let it all go. So we're watching them with great interest. And, of course, Connor McDavid is there and Leon Dreisaitl. Those two are magic on ice. It takes me back to the gretzky Yuri, Curry years. And we're seeing it in Edmonton once again. So we'll be watching the Oilers for sure. We're going to be watching the Calgary Flames. They are going to be a Stanley Cup threat this year, I believe. They've just quietly done some good things. They were good last year. But I think they're even better this year. And we're going to see if they can actually seal the deal. And again, in this new landscape of of that northern division in Canada, there's going to be great, great rivalries. Toronto is going to have to step up. Maybe one of the largest markets in hockey. That team needs to perform. Those fans deserve it. And they, of course, have Austin Matthews, who needs to make some things happen as well. So we'll be watching Toronto. One of my top picks for the Stanley Cup, and I think this is no surprise to anybody, the Tampa Bay. I love Tampa Bay. They've been a crushed team to watch, I think, for almost nine years, simply because of the way they're going about their business. They are continually contending, and they're always competitive. How great is that for Tampa right now? Man, they have the Raptors down there. They had the Rays going to the World Series. Tampa Bay is, you know, winning or contending for the Stanley Cup. It's a sports mecca down there. So along with all the great beaches, you now have unbelievable sports in Tampa and St. Petersburg area. And uh, that's worth the trip for sure. We're going to also be watching the Pittsburgh Penguins. And for no other reason than Sidney Crosby. We want them to have success. Sidney, of course, is a generational player. He is uh, one of those unique personalities who has become the face of the game. And um, he has played his entire career in Pittsburgh I have my fingers crossed. And I really, really hope that he plays to the end of his career in Pittsburgh. I really do. I want that for sport. Not just for hockey. And certainly for the Pittsburgh fans. But even more so, I want that for sport. We don't see that that often anymore. An organization committing to a player. And a player committing to an organization. But those two together have really, really done some great, great things. And I hope that... They can stick together because Sid the Kid has a lot of hockey left, ladies and gentlemen. That's my opinion. We have a keen eye on the Buffalo Sabres. Taylor Hall is there to back up Jack Eichel. And could those two players take that franchise to the next level? That's going to be exciting to watch. We'll be keeping a close eye on the Las Vegas Knights. What an inauguration year they had. We're going to see if they can continue their success and build on it, perhaps. But they're a fun team to watch. And with that quick rise to the top, will there be a fall? Well, they've been able to avoid that up until now. We hope they can keep it going. Again, another great real-life experiment. And then finally, we're going to be watching the Colorado Avalanche. They're going to be really, really good this year, and I think they have all the pieces to be a Stanley Cup contender if things go well. So we're going to watch to see if things go well, and if they do, What adjustments did they make along the way? And if they don't go so well, what happened? What couldn't they respond to? Again, organizational performance fascinates me. And there you go. That's our NHL summary as the season gets underway. Okay. Every single one of those teams and every one of those players is going to be influenced by one common denominator. The quality of their sleep. Just like you and me, sleep will impact everything we do every single day to truly reach our potential and to be at the highest level of readiness each and every day, we have to understand sleep, how it works, and how we can get control of it. We are joined by Crush Faber, Dr. Charles Samuels from the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. Right after this, everybody, get ready. You're getting sleepy, very sleepy.
0: Uh, uh, you are getting very sleepy. If you have any
1: performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text CRUSHER at ten twelve sixty and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the CRUSHER. All right, welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershaw. Listen, if you want to reach out to me, do so. Questions, comments, smart remarks. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. And keep an eye on CrushPerformance.com. We have a brand new website coming. It's gonna have a lot of cool new options, new information, and new cool ways for you and I to connect and make things happen out there. So we'll keep you posted on that, but it's coming with a vengeance. It's a ton of work, these websites. Uh, But like anything else, it'll be worth it in the end. So uh, we'll keep you posted there. All right, let's get after it. Our number one priority in performance, in helping you reach your potential, and be at the highest level of readiness day-to-day is sleep. And I wanted to get to this early in the new year as we get set to crush 2021, everybody. Sleep influences everything that we do, and it certainly is going to tie in nicely with our two major themes this year, talent, talent development, talent ID, and the crush brain game. So to help set us up, we are joined now by crush favorite, Dr. Charles Samuels for the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. Dr. Samuels, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us early here in our 2021 campaign. Yeah, happy new year to you, Jeff. And thanks very much. Yeah. Well, we thought this would be a really great time to have you on again, Dr. Samuels, um, as we kick off our 2021 campaign. We have two major themes for the radio show this year, and uh, they are talent and the brain game. And around all of those, under all of that umbrella, uh, inside, as you know, inside of our performance programs, uh, we've identified without question sleep as our number one priority in human performance. It's also a huge priority for human health in general, and in this time of great stress, anxiety, this COVID landscape we're in, um, this is one of the things that I think people could really, really attack to uh, take care of themselves.
2: Yeah, no, I wouldn't uh, disagree with you there. Um, and um, there are many, many things. What we've found over the last nine or 10 months is that there are two ways this has gone. One is positively, one is negatively. So we can't assume that everyone is struggling. Um, and then, um, you know, the other thing is that people just aren't aware of the simple, simple things that have sort of dragged them down um, until they look back and go, my God, you know, I, I've, my whole life has changed because, let's say, I'm working at home. And um, that changes many other things downstream. So there is actually a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, there certainly is. And I found that myself, Dr. Samuels. You know, um, uh, we're recording all of our interviews. We're doing all of our radio work from home. Uh, we're connecting with the guy. technology has been great. I'm not going to uh, lie. Uh, you know, the, uh, the introduction to some of the technology that we've had is great. But but what a massive change in the landscape. And, and I like I like what you said there as well. It hasn't gone. It's not necessarily been negative for everybody. Some people have really yeah. found a way to take advantage of this downtime or because of the business they're in. It's gone very well. Uh, but, you know, we did it. Yeah. We did a. Um, a two part series here uh, just before the holidays called the kids of COVID looking at the impact this has had on, on seniors in high school, our young developing student athletes and our young pro athletes. And boy, boy, there's some trying times out there and, and sleep, sleep is a big part of not just performance, but our overall health and wellness. And, and uh, on Instagram, uh, you could follow everybody for if you're on Instagram, uh, you could just check out Center for Sleep. You guys have been sharing just some dynamite nuggets of information that I felt very, found very helpful.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, we have a really good social media person who's on top of the sleep side of things. And quite honestly, I'm shocked sometimes when I see it because it's these real simple nuggets that we, the doctors are using in the, in the clinic with patients. Um, that really actually helped them. And so as simple as those things are, they actually work and they are things that people are not doing intuitively.
1: Well, one of the recent posts here, and I think it was as maybe a, a yesterday or today, was just the simple process of breathing. You know, I wake up at night and I've been practicing this. I saw it on your website and I've been practicing this because uh, I'm finding myself waking up around 4 a.m. religiously. It's like clockwork for crying out loud. But I fall asleep very well. You know, we we follow all the procedures, calm, cool, dim lights, you know, no, so, no uh, technology before bed. I read and boom, I'm gone. Uh, 4 a.m., right around 4 a.m., almost like clockwork, I'm up. And I have a hard time going to sleep because I feel rested. But but these breathing techniques, and one of the recent posts was talking about box breathing and, and sort of a yeah. meditative state, really powerful stuff.
2: Right. Actually, I think it's important if you don't mind for me to grab on to what you just said about your own personal experience because it, is that okay with you? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Please, yeah. <laughs> please. So, <laughs> so would you say that prior you you slept through the night and this is a new experience for you waking up at the same time
1: yeah fairly fairly new and yeah. I'm, I'm gonna kind of go along the covid timeline i have no idea why but yeah this is a fairly new experience for me
2: yeah so i think what you need to realize is that that's not an uncommon experience and regardless of age um the one thing that that indicates to me is this is an individual who you know uh, the stress of COVID is something we're all trying to mitigate, you know, and just say it's okay, but it's not okay. <laughs> and and it is causing disturbance to people. So I think that's one thing. So many times I'll ask the patient who might come and say what you said, and I say, well, when did it start? And they'll say like April, and I'll go, okay. Um, you realize that that is the time around. And they don't, they aren't actually thinking about it. Um, they just see it as a, as a problem currently. So one is understanding that your sleep can be disturbed by outside stressors, and I don't think anyone really is appreciating the, the degree to which we are all stressed by this event. Um, so that's one thing is recognizing that. Then the other is being aware of the fact that that's actually a normal response to stress. So your experience of falling asleep well, sleeping four to five hours, let's say, and then up, Feeling fully awake is actually a normal response. Um, Of course, people get quite distressed, and then that's when the insomnia sets in and becomes chronic um, because they don't have the tools like, for instance, the breathing. So the brain, in the middle of the night, if you wake up like that, will feel rested. But if you got up and started working, your degree of attention as the day progressed would be far less. And so it's really important for people not to get up because they feel awake and head to the gym or, you know, start their day. It's valuable, as you have done, to, you know, try and get back to sleep and get your normal seven hours or eight hours of sleep if you can. Um, And so I I think it's important because from my point of view, these are simple things, but these aren't things that people think of.
1: Yeah, no, no. And you hit the nail on the head there. That is about the time it started. And I don't know that I'm, you know, uh, over the course of the day that I'm feeling stressed out about it. But, you know, back in my mind somewhere, I'm sure it is. You know, I can't see my mom. She's in a long care home, you know, where there's can't can't get together with brothers and sisters and friends. So all that stuff is probably piling up. It's interesting you said that you almost hit the nail on the head because um, I I, I, at the start, I'm going, huh, heck, might as well get up and start working. Oh, my gosh, the crashes. So then I start applying the old nap strategies. I become a professional napper. I can tell you that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: But I have good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, what I did do, Dr. Samuels, again, based on some of our previous conversations, is what I found has been working for me, you know, and, and this isn't every yeah while well, every night, but, but most nights when I find I can't get back to sleep, I'll just go out, go out on the couch and I fall asleep quite quickly, just changing that location.
2: Yeah. And so there are all kinds of strategies like that. And then, you know, it, it's just. Don't get up and start your day because that's not going to go well, especially if you do it day after day after day. It starts to become cumulative and definitely affects your cognitive um, functioning. So, so you've sort of, you know, on your own found the strategy that works for you. And there's no question that breathing is a fundamental part of our behavioral sleep medicine program here uh, at the center.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as we kick off this 2021 campaign, again, uh, talent and the brain game are two of our major themes. We're going to crack down. We're trying to get a better understanding of talent because, you know, we're on the we're on the front edge of that. We're into the infancy of our research into talent and also the brain game and the influence uh, uh, the new technologies having on our ability to train the brain, monitor the brain and and even um, uh, map it out in terms of of how we're performing in sport and in life. But uh, uh, overall, that, we know for a fact that sleep is an underlying performance factor that actually influences everything we do. That's why it's our number one performance factor in all of our programs. Um, but, you know, all these little things, uh, as you mentioned, uh, are indicators of maybe a bigger problem. And, you know, when people turn to like the over-the-counter sleep aids or they try to... Um, uh, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll 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 say take a Band-Aid approach to their sleep issues. Uh, that's not always the best approach, is it, Doctor Samuels?
2: Well, I think okay. There's two ways to look at that. Um, one is um, more understanding human behavior. So the natural thing that someone would do, of course, if they had a headache, is do something like take an Advil or take a Tylenol. In it, it's actually the same response when it comes to sleep, and so people will without question, naturally go and try and find something to put themselves to sleep, which is not our approach to managing sleep. Even with sedatives that we prescribe, we don't take that approach. So what people should be aware of is if you do that, one, the agent that you choose should not be an antihistamine, which is the compound in most over-the-counter sleep aids. Um, because those are quite detrimental to to cognitive performance the following day. So that's where we really discourage the use of you know those products. Um, and in picking natu- quote unquote natural products, let's say melatonin and whatnot, the point is that melatonin isn't designed for treating insomnia. Um, it doesn't work that way. So if it works for you, it suggests that you have a different sleep disorder, not insomnia, and if it doesn't work, people shouldn't be surprised. And then all of the other compounds that are out there for sleep, you know, I mean, I say to people, sure, go ahead and try. But most often, they're not sustained benefit. A pill will not fix sleep. It just doesn't work that way. And um, if it does for a period of time, it will usually lose its effectiveness. So we're really wanting people to understand that the best approach to managing a sleep disturbance, like, for instance, the one you described, is to insert behavioral techniques and either get help or figure it out on your own, as, as you have done, um, Jeff. So I think it's really important. Our use of sedatives in the clinical setting, first of all, when we're teaching family physicians, we're really discouraging the immediate prescribing of sedatives for, for insomnia. And really encouraging family physicians to use behavioral techniques or refer to people like us who do this stuff all the time. And then we're using sedatives very carefully and with the intent of taking the people, the patient off of them at some point in time in the future, which has not been the culture and standard of care you know in the past 50 years, for instance.
1: No, it certainly has. We're talking with Dr. Charles Samuels from the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. You can check out their great work and reach out to them as well if you have questions at centerforsleep.com. Dr. Samuels, you know, it's a very trying time for everybody, but we, of course, in our world, have been working with athletes at every level of sport. Uh, Our Olympic athletes, you know, watching this clock tick down and probably looking at yet another delay for the Olympics, uh, and we don't know what's going to happen with the upcoming Winter Olympics. This is is a, a life's work on hold and it's stressful and uh, for our young developing athletes who are on the cusp of college scholarships and pro contracts and drafts and and they're missing entire seasons I can't tell you the stress levels we're dealing with but the the one common denominator with all of these athletes even once we get them on track you know attacking the things they can control um, is how it's disrupting their sleep isn't it unbelievable
2: yeah and I think that's the key is when you're focusing and helping the athletes understand that you need to focus on the things you can control. And that's in the domain that you work in. And I would argue it's the same for us that if they're struggling with sleep, these are there are things they can control and we are working with many of the athletes on the Olympic teams to help them because the the things that you describe are, you know, are now getting pretty serious because it's not just one season, they're looking now at possibly two seasons um, and missing an Olympics and it might be their last. So it's it's been tremendously disruptive to the athletes that we see. Um, and yet in all of this, when we've had athletes referred, we're finding disorders that were never detected anyway. So we're, we're finding things that should have been addressed anyway, independent of COVID. So um, I think it's really important for them to know that they can get help if they're struggling and it's not going to fix their situation, but it won't undermine their ability to cope, um, you know, it, 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 with the situation because if they're not sleeping, their coping is going to be very much affected.
1: So um, that is a great point because I'm, t- <laughs> I, well, actually, I'm glad my wife's not here. I was going to say, if you were to talk to my wife right now, <laughs> you would know that coping with me <laughs> when I don't get a good sleep is something. And not that I'm ornery or grumpy. It's just, boy, you're off, and you know you're off, right? Um, yeah. And, and and so that that was one of the questions I wanted to uh, address with you today. You know, it's you know I, I can have maybe, and I'm talking with me personally and some of the athletes we work with. We know they can have maybe one rough night's sleep and function okay. But when it starts yeah. turning into two or three nights of sleep, we can not only see uh, changes in performance, but also in their moods, their attitudes, but their cognitive yeah. awareness as well. It's a it's a serious thing.
2: Yep. And so I think it's important for the athletes to know that, um, you know, their sleep is disturbed by the nature of what they do. Um, just being an athlete training at the levels that they do traveling, um, all of those things are sleep disturbers. So they cope really well. Um, and so in the culture of sports, like hockey would be a classic, no real attention is paid to the importance of recovery. In terms of getting your rest, et cetera, um, because, you know, they're pretty tough guys, but it does undermine um, cognitive uh, performance and also um, mood, as you've pointed out. Those are the two top things that get affected. So, concentration, focus, which are critical for athletes, and then mood, very important for decision making and then also working in teams. And so, these are not sort of nebulous things that are affected when it comes to an athlete these are important things and they make the difference between winning and losing in many cases so um so i think it's important for them to know that getting their sleep is important if they can't get it they need to get help and that's always been our strategy for the you know 20 odd years i've been working with the teams is you know if you think you have a problem get help and then we give them you know the resources where they can go and get help because most of them are just not getting help and uh and i think that's really important
1: it really is and if there's one thing that we really emphasize in all of our programming and with all of our athletes from the time i started in sport is is the fact that nobody does it alone. You, you can't possibly do it alone. That's why we have all these incredible people around us and on our teams to help us through all these issues. And sleep is a big one for sure. And it's not exclusive to sport. I know we're talking about our athletes because we're so passionate about that. But boy, I'm thinking of some of the students. My uh, oh, uh, youngest daughter is in her senior year of high school. And, you know, just communicating with some of the parents of her friends and, and her friends and, and Ellie herself, uh, troubling times for them but also in the workplace, yeah. in the workforce. And boy, oh boy, when yeah. we start talking about first responders and police and firemen, uh, there's some serious things going on day to day for those people. And a good night's sleep is a critical piece of that puzzle.
2: Yeah, no, and we're, we're dealing with a lot of emergency physicians now who right. really sort of, they, they you know, their their line has now been crossed in terms of what they can cope with. And so uh, we're always seeing physicians and first responders Um but you know, there's a lot of mental health issues that are coming out of this whole time um, that were maybe you know subtle and not really clinically significant that are that are actually manifesting now because of the chronic stress and then the chronic under recovery. Now, having said all of this, I want to get back to the positive. Yes, yeah, let's do it. And yeah, I think I think it's really important because you're. Your audience is also parents of these athletes, and those parents are the ones affected by changes in their work, uh, for instance, going having to work from home and maybe having to work from home with three teenagers in the house now, which is not what you're used to. Um, so these are very disrupting factors. Having said that, we're seeing a number of people whose sleep problems have completely resolved because they're no longer driving to work and, and commuting which I think is important people to realize this is, is one upside of the pandemic. It's forced, um, in some cases, people to be at home and they've adapted well to being at home and they've eliminated what could be considered for all intents and purposes, a complete waste of time, which is computing, commuting um, to and from work.
1: Yeah, and some of those commutes can be uh, an incredible investment in time, especially when you think of the way uh, uh, getting down, if you're working in the downtown core in rush hour yeah. in the morning at 5am, yeah. that could be a nightmare, but going home is a nightmare. So not only are you yeah. uh, cutting into quality sleep time, um, you're also <laughs> creating a lot of stress for yourself, especially on a day like today in a wintry, you know, freezing right. rain type day for crying out loud.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. And um, the idea that, you know, yeah, your work may start at 9, but you have to get up at 5 to get in the car, you know, by 7 to be able to get in the office by, you know, 8 or 9. Um, all of that time is just to get to the office, and you could have been resting. And so this people don't understand that the commute, is, the commute and technology are the two major environmental factors affecting um, sleep quality and sleep amount in humans, certainly in Western society.
1: We're talking with Dr. Charles Samuels from the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. You could check out their great work or contact them at centerforsleep.com. Well, you've opened the Pandora's box, Dr. Samuels. Technology. Mm-hmm. And of course, on the show, yeah. we've talked about the influence of technology on how it's uh, affecting our sleep with the uh, Candy Crush games into the middle of the night and texting your friends. But I wanted to get onto another side of the technology uh, with you today, and maybe if that's all right. Is um, all yeah. the sleep apps and this the uh, uh, sleep technology that's now out there? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it all, but there is a lot of it right now. Um, yeah. They're monitoring your sleep. They're giving you numbers of de- depict the quality of your sleep. And um, is it useful? Is it harmful? The jury's still out on my end.
2: Yes, yeah, so, you know it's a huge topic, and so I'll, I'll try and consolidate it when you say sleep technology, it goes so far beyond, you know, the watch technology into um, so many different apps and um, and devices that are out there that purport they will improve your sleep. And for the most part, virtually none of them are, have good, proper medical scientific evidence that, that substantiates there's a beneficial effect. So, you know, I mean it's always buyer beware and, and things come to market long before there's evidence that they are effective. So and that doesn't happen with therapeutics and medicine. In other words, drugs, uh, They have to go through a rigorous process to be able to be uh, brought to market. So we're left with you know individuals having to sort of, you know, as I say, buyer beware. So I, I would always caution people um, that they should be, they should be careful about you know buying into the technology and go in with their eyes wide open that it may change nothing. Um, and, and because there are so many different kinds of technologies, I would focus just basically on the watch technology um, today because we don't have a lot of time. But the watch technology is based on um, um, a scientific device that records movement, not sleep. And so you have to understand that these are what we call surrogate markers of sleep. So they aren't actually accurate. And so we often will say to people that what we know for sure is that if you have a sleep disturbance or sleep disorder, the watches are really not very useful. Um, and and if they fit with what your experience is of sleep, then that's a helpful thing. But you know that anyway. Um, and in patients who are normal, the value of the watches, and so this is why we use them with athletes, is we can track the pattern of their sleep and rest, not their actual sleep. So often these devices will say whether they, yes. they can you know record stages of sleep and this and that and the other thing. And that's not actually true. Um, they're using very, very um, limited validation devices and algorithms to determine stages of sleep. Um, So, you know, people should be careful. We have patients coming in every day with their watch data and whatnot, and we're always focusing on the patient and their clinical situation first to see if it fits with their watch data, and we would never use the watch data anyway to make a diagnosis or even to plan treatment. Ah. In normals, though, you can track fairly accurately their behavior. You know, are they resting or not? Um, and that can be helpful, certainly with an athlete that's traveling. That's a helpful thing. The newer devices, though, so for instance, um, you know, the more sophisticated training watches, um, Garmin, Polar, et cetera, they're using heart rate variability in combination with the sleep technology. And that's, you know, that'll get closer to determining the restorative quality of your sleep, but definitely not accurate.
1: Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. You know, I have an athlete um, who's a restless sleeper. And 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 when I say that, maybe that's the wrong word to use. They toss and turn and, you know, like he says, yeah. every time he wakes up, yeah. it looks like a hurricane has gone through his room. But he wakes yeah. up rested and as a daisy every single day. So maybe people can yeah. toss and turn a little bit in their sleep and have great sleeps.
2: Well, see, that's the perfect example is if that athlete was concerned, bought a watch, the watch would show that they're not sleeping and then they would freak out. And, you know, this is not our intent. You know, when I work with athletes, my job is to make them calm, not freaked out um, that their sleep is going to destroy their career or something like that. So I'm always downplaying it. And that's a perfect example where the watch would not fit with the, p- the person's experience. And then you as an outsider say, yeah, they're fresh, they train well, um, they look rested, they respond to coaching. Well, then that athlete's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he is. And you know, it's 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 incredible that you mentioned the stress side, because one of the things I have found with some of the sleep watch technologies, and, and it's not just limited to sleep, it, it's this analytical age. The, the numbers are getting so powerful. They're taking athletes away from the prime directive. Sometimes they get yeah. so focused and worried about the numbers. That yeah. it takes them away from their prime directive, which is just improving and taking care of performance, and and I've seen that with some of the sleep numbers, Doctor Samuels.
2: Yeah, no, there's you're you're right on, and I so I think this is really important. I want you to know that our approach to an athlete or a patient is always clinical.
1: Yeah, All absolutely. All of that information
2: yeah. is supplementary, and it needs to be interpreted with knowledge, and so. This is what, you know, this is why we discourage all national teams from purchasing any watches.
1: Right, right. Until they have
2: something. Yeah. Who knows how to use them properly.
1: Well, and that's it. And that's why having people like you around is so important to put all of that into context. Hey, it might be a great guide. And if you put it in the right context, maybe those numbers can become fun, maybe, yes. or just a great guide. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying here. I, I, that's why I like what you said about, you know, putting it context, keeping the athlete calm, and 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 yeah. um, making sure they understand what those numbers are truly all about. So they're not losing sleep over the numbers that are saying they're losing sleep, <laughs> I guess.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, And that's really important. And I, I go back to a time when I um, did some work with Adam Creek, who was one of our gold medal rowers um, in the eights. And um, this is like 2009. And he he said in those days when some of the rowers were using, you know, the, the metrics from Polar or Garmin or whatnot, it got to be way out of control where they weren't actually listening to their bodies. Um, and these tools are just supplementary. The athlete needs to sort of know for themselves how they feel and trust their own sense of how they're feeling. And that's what a coach is for as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Samus, how are you for time right now? Um, I'm pretty good, but I do, I, I'm all, you know, I could only give you another five minutes. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I, cause I do, I wanted to get to this and we'll, we'll maybe just, maybe we'll open this, uh, uh, right now and we'll reserve, hopefully maybe some time in the near future to have you on again, to get down deep into it. So one of the other things that we've been very, very serious about here in crush performance is the crush war on sugar. And it's more than just sugar. We're raising, <laughs> we're, we're, we're raising awareness about sugar and trying to okay. just educate people. Uh, it's a diet and nutrition for sure, but we also know that you have a, Uh, an interest in the obesity side of things as we do um and you know with this covid shutdown training habits have changed and waistlines have grown a little bit but sleep also has a tremendous impact on the body's metabolism
2: yeah yeah um so i think you know i can't really speak to sugar and diet and components of the diet as much as i can speak to the importance of sleep as the foundation of recovery. Means that on a 24-hour basis, each individual requires a certain amount of sleep that ranges from, you know, seven to nine hours in most healthy, um, you know, adolescents to adults. Um, and keeping in mind that young adolescents require even more sleep um, in their pubertal period. So part of this recovery is metabolism, and the metabolic factors in the body don't work if you don't let the body rest. So if you shorten sleep or disrupt sleep, it will affect the way your body metabolizes sugar and um, it uses insulin to do that job. And this is well studied and well understood. And um, the example would be a patient with significant um, sleep disorder, sleep apnea, who once we get it under control their appetite for high-calorie-dense foods goes down, largely due to the fact that they're now sleeping normally. Um, And this happens not in all, but in many. Um, And the reverse is true, that diet plays a role in sleep as well. So in other words, proximity of meals to the sleep time and then also the content of the meals can affect Um, the quality of sleep and low sugar, low carbohydrate um, or reasonable carbohydrate intake is a key.
1: Oh, my goodness. And that is the discussion we need to get into. Boy, oh, boy. So uh, you could tell everybody there at the clinic, at the Center for Sleep, that if you happen to disappear for a day or two, it's probably because our team's come and kidnapped you. (laughs) So we could could have conversations for one or two hours because, boy, oh, boy, could we carry this one on. No, really, really. yeah my
2: my postdoctoral researcher is focused on what we call chrononutrition so we do have a, a bit of expertise in in that area and um, you know um, so we have and can easily talk about that in the future.
1: Yes, no, no, and I think we need to because it's such an important conversation. And you know, it's funny because I found in my experiences with my disrupted sleep, it might have something to do too with our our uh, our three daughters at home. We have a budding uh, chef in the house, <laughs> who's in the <laughs> yeah, who's in the culinary arts. And boy, oh boy, uh, <laughs> that might have something to do with it. But I You're have found well. that the changes in sleep, I I do believe, have really impacted my just my, my uh, body composition as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and really, it is it's the control of appetite that is affected with sleep disturbance, and so the appetite goes towards high calorie dense foods, and it's a natural thing. It's it, 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 it's 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 not it's not adaptive in a in a civilized society where we have lots of access to food but it is adaptive in the way we were designed originally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Isn't it incredible? Isn't it incredible how everything is interconnected? It's an absolute fact. The mm-hmm. human body is a fascinating organism, and we're just beginning to figure it out, I feel, sometimes. You
2: be- Oh, absolutely. No yeah. question about
1: it. Dr. Samuels, thank you so much. We could We could steal you for hours here. I know you're very busy. We appreciate your time, your insights, and what a great way to help us kick off our 2021 campaign here.
2: Well, it's an honor to be uh, involved, and I'm happy to chat anytime again, Jeff.
1: Okay, there you go. Crush favorite, Dr. Charles Samuels. Such great information. Like, we need to share that conversation with everybody we know. Take it for yourself first. Take care of yourself. Take care of number one, and then let's start taking care of everybody else out there. And it starts with sleep. So important. Incredible conversation there talking about the -the over-the-counter sleep aids. Hey, take heed there. That is a that is a warning shot across the bow. You can't just take these sleep aids without any rhyme or reason. They may be part of the solution, but you have to be using the right ones in the right way. But we have to address, first and foremost, the issues that are keeping us from quality sleep. It sounds logical enough, but boy, oh boy, if we look at how many people are taking these uh, sleep aids to get through the night okay and survive the next day, you got to wonder how many people are making major mistakes or maybe even making it worse. Great stuff. And then the conversation on technology and the wearables. That's something I was really looking forward to discussing with Dr. Samuels. And there you have it. Everything that we thought was just reinforced right there. There is a place for them, but it has to be used in context. And everybody has to understand the numbers that we're looking at. Just like the analytics and all the statistics that are out there now. They can be important and very, very useful if they're taken in context and used the right way. Oh, just fantastic stuff. So, got to thank Dr. Samuels for yet another fantastic conversation. All right, when we come back, we're going to switch up that technology conversation and look at our mattresses. What are you sleeping on? If you think about how much time we're going to spend in bed, You might as well be comfortable. And trust me, there are things we can do there to help us get better sleep. You need to know what it's all about. We're going to have a look at the new technology and how you can identify which mattress might be right for you with Sam Prohaska, the founder and CEO of GoodMorning.com right after this on Crush Performance. Stick around, everybody.
0: This is Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport
1: performance and athletic development information with Jeff Crushell. Get in the action and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Now's my chance to try my psychological experiment.
0: Sweepy. Sweepy. You are a sweep. A sweep.
1: And you know, if I didn't know any better, I think I was slipping. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Cruschel here. Hey, if you want to reach out, questions, comments, smart remarks, crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush is the email. Follow me at Jeff Crush on Twitter. And search out Crush Performance for all other social media platforms. All right, today, let's continue our discussion on our number one priority in human performance, Sleep. Just coming off a fantastic conversation with Dr. Samuels from the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. And as usual, it was a fascinating discussion with Dr. Samuels. Some really interesting information there on the wearable technologies that are giving us feedback on our sleep quality. We have to make sure we keep that in context. And I always love the technology talk. And when it comes to sleep, there's another side to the technology conversation that we really haven't addressed yet here on the show. And that is where you're sleeping, and what you're sleeping on. It is so, so important. There is no question that sleep is the number one influencer for human performance, at least in our programs. It's the top priority. You all know that if you listen to the show. But it's your health and wellness as well. Your mood, your approach, your outlook. There are so many things that are influenced by quality sleep that we can't overlook it. Plus, when you consider the incredible amount of time we spend in our beds, You might as well be comfortable making sure you're getting the best sleep, the best rest, the best relaxation that you could possibly get. So to help us understand all of the options out there and get a better understanding of the new sleep technology in the market, we are joined by Sam Perhaska, the founder and CEO of GoodMorning.com. Sam, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us as we kick off our 2021 campaign here.
3: Yeah. Happy New Year, Jeff. Thanks so much for having
1: me. Well, we're very excited to have you on as we uh, launch our 2021 campaign, Sam. You know, on the crush performance side of things, sleep is the top priority for human performance, whether we're talking our elite athletes, our students at school, people on the job, or just for health and wellness in general, Uh, sleep's number one. And when we... Start looking at the sleep world, the technology that's happening in in that world is almost as impressive and maybe even overwhelming as what we're seeing on the technology side in sport performance. So, so great to have you on today.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, Super happy to be here.
1: So why don't we start with this, Sam, just to get an idea of your story and how you wound up coming up and in, in developing the business GoodMorning.com. Uh, good Canadian uh, story here. And and it's such a great, great service you guys provide.
3: Yeah, so we, uh, well, thank you. I mean, we we started this business, uh, I'm going to say we, I mean, uh, myself and, and my uh, brother and sister, we started the business in uh, 2010, so going on our 11th year now, uh, and we started at a time where where the, the idea of buying a mattress online was, was unheard of. And in the industry uh, circles, in the mattress industry circles, that is, it was considered immune to the internet. So it was an unthinkable idea for them. Um, and in fact, we got, we got quite a few uh, chuckles when we proposed the idea to uh, domestic manufacturers. Um, but, you know, it was really centered around this um, mattress shopping experience I had at the time. So I, I think some people talk about opportunities and people going and finding opportunities. But in, in in this case, the opportunity found me, um, I was shopping for mattress and making that, that, uh, pilgrimage to the mattress store that w- we all know so well. Um, and I was met with, uh, a high pressure sales pitch and, and some pseudoscience to justify what I felt was an extortionate price tag. Um, and I left feeling about well, without a mattress, number one, and, and number two, just feeling like there had to be right away. Um, and, So we launched, uh, at the time, we launched under the the name NovusBed. We've since become goodmorning.com. And we started shortly after that.
1: Great stuff. And what a story. You're right. Opportunity comes a knocking and you guys answer the door. And it's turned out to be something very, very special, Sam. And there's no doubt about it that when you guys started, you were on the front edge of something that's just exploded. Now you've helped hundreds of thousands of customers. And and you said a couple of interesting things there. And I think I've had similar experiences uh, as you have had, Sam. One, I think cost is is a great deterrent out there, especially when you walk into a um, a mattress store, and you get overwhelmed with all the jargon and technology that's now available, and then you're hit with a price tag. So, so maybe let's talk about this. You know, since you guys started, of course, the landscape has changed quite a bit in terms of mattress technology and sleep technology. But boy oh boy there are some fantastic uh, innovations out there sam and and maybe you could talk uh, briefly about what you've seen in terms of the progress that we've we've made in in mattress technology and pillow technology sleep technology for crying out loud since you guys have started the business
3: yeah you know I mean f- fundamentally so it, it's a it, our, our pr- perspective on this is maybe a little different uh, than than other companies so we the, the, the irony of it is, is that you know when uh, there's actually a peer-reviewed study published in 2011 that suggests that um, going to a mattress store and and sleeping lying down on all these mattresses actually is note that will not result in a better outcome to your sleep than um, just choosing randomly, and and that's really the premise of. Uh, of being able to do this online, uh, sight unseen, and so so the, the major techno- technological advancement in, of the last decade is that is the realization that that you can buy these uh, ma- a mattress without having touched it and try it in the comfort of your own home. Uh, in our case, for 120 nights, risk free, and if it doesn't work, then we'll pick it up. So the at-home risk-free sleep trial, I'd say, uh, regardless of all the other um, gel foams and pneumatic air foams and copper infused, uh, s- uh, sleep surfaces and so on. Uh, it's, it's simply just that process. Uh, I mean, it sounds maybe a little bit, um, a little bit of a letdown or maybe slightly deflating, but that is a technological breakthrough. Um, and it's just a simple matter of, of letting the customer try that mattress in their own home. What we found over the years. Is that if we supply customers with enough choice, and we start measuring how these mattresses are performing for these for very a very wide range of sleepers, uh, then we can actually collect that data. And this is a second uh, big innovation that is that is coming. I think it's already here. Certainly with Goodmorning.com, uh, we've collected tens of thousands of data points and built up uh, models uh, to allow us to predict which mattress or type of mattress is going to work for which sleeper on the basis of of just a few simple questions. And, uh, and so our goal here is to, is to outperform random, uh, because right now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there's peer reviewed evidence to suggest that the mattress store experience is no better than just choosing randomly. Uh, And so it's a pretty low bar, um, but this has allowed us over the years now to, to raise that bar and, and rely on data to get, to deliver the, the right mattress to the right sleeper. So there's a lot of stuff under the hood that isn't, that the customers aren't being exposed to that's happening in the mattress business right now, that is changing the game. Um, and in terms of the actual products themselves, uh, yeah, there, there is a ton of innovation going on. So memory foam, memory foam has been around for decades now, but, uh, what people don't realize is that there are, um, uh, I think we're fourth or fifth generation now of these phones lots of different um, engineering going on with uh, chemical engineering going on to uh, change the, the shapes of molecules and deliver um, different ways in which the memory foam works. So there, there's a, they, they sleep cooler, uh, they last longer, you don't need as much density to achieve the same quality and longevity. Uh, so memory foam has advanced a lot. There's um, uh, surface materials, so fabrics that include Tencel or Uh, silver-infused fabrics. Uh, We have these in some of our lines. Um, uh, There are all kinds of innovations like that happening. There are uh, adjustable foundations now that uh, you can position your body um, at night so when you want to read or uh, you can use your bed as a a perfect reading environment or uh, watching TV. Uh, and you can have massage functions in your in your in your bed now. So there are a whole lot of uh, the whole sleep world has changed over the last decade.
1: No yeah, doubt. it's it's incredible. We're saw, talking with Sam Perhaska, the founder and CEO of goodmorning.com. You can go to that website and check out all of their uh great merchandise there. Interesting story, Sam. And and I really do appreciate believe it or not, I, I really do appreciate that that simplistic approach that you mentioned there in terms of selection and and um, finding the mattress that works for you uh, I do also appreciate the idea of trying it in your home cuz I have been one of those guys you go to a mattress store and you lay on 400 beds and you try to pick well oh, this one feels good and then the next one feels better and then and I can I can actually I can actually understand how how the random choice might be as effective because I've actually lived it so I'm actually I really do appreciate that approach Sam and I really do like the idea that you guys are getting that normative data built with your customer base to guide future consumers that is really really good
3: yeah it's it's been a ton of work but you know when when the, and this is just a, a, a I think a symptom of a just a business that needed a bit of a shakeup um, there just hasn't been a lot of Innovation in that aspect of it. Again, the, the materials and, and the, the manufacturers and the engineering firms out there are, are constantly creating this new, uh, these new materials that just perform better and better and better. But, but the question that, that underlying assumption that going and sitting on a bunch of mattresses is the way to do it, it, does, it doesn't matter how much sleep tech you throw at, at customers, you're still not answering that underlying question. And, and that's what we are, are, are absolutely pursuing right now with Vigor. Um, and I think we've got a, we've got a heck of a, a head start. You know, it's, it's an interesting nuance in this business where when we launched, we, were, we launched as NovusBed, which is a single brand. And we, we expanded our catalog to having uh, three like, um, soft, medium, firm mattresses. And we still sell them on the NovusBed brand. But we realized early on, when, especially when uh, a whole lot of other companies launched, uh, we realized that they were all just doing a one size fits all approach. And and this is where we really kind of tuned into this idea that, wait a second, you know, um, how can one size fit all? I mean, the, the sleep is such a subjective personal thing. Um, and, and, you know, the, actually the, the science is even out on what constitutes good sleep. There's s- certain folks can toss and turn. So by all Measures you might detect a whole bunch of motion during the night. Yet when they wake up, they report a very restful sleep. And then you can have entirely the opposite: people who, by all intents and purposes, um, you'd think slept well, but wake up and report having had a terrible sleep. So this this whole notion of a one size fits all is just uh, it's an assumption that that is absolutely premised on not much. Um, And so we we took these steps early on or about midway through the last decade to to dramatically expand our catalog. Uh, and then start using this data concept to inform um, which mattress is right uh, for for which customer.
1: Yeah, it's such a great investment. and I love this whole approach. And, and I really do like the idea. No one size fits all uh, on your website. It's a mattress for everybody. body <laughs> split into two words. I thought that was pretty crafty as well. But I'm telling you, with our elite athlete, Sam, I I know exactly what you're talking about especially when we would go from hotel to hotel with, say, the Edmonton Eskimos, all right? Uh, you have your offensive linemen, and then you have your wide receivers. They're two totally different animals. You have the giant beasts of human beings, and then you have these fast, stealthy, smaller-built guys who are who are just really lean and fierce and fast. And, um, you know, everybody's sleeping on the same bed. And, and without question, whether it was with the Blue Jays or working in professional hockey or our junior teams— um, or even our Olympic athletes traveling around, there has not been a morning or somebody that hasn't said, oh boy, these beds are terrible. And somebody goes, I love these beds. So I really do like the idea of a mattress for everybody because it is very personal and unique person to person. Yeah, and,
3: and there's, you know, there are questions really, what we've realized is it's not that difficult when you have data uh, to actually get the right mattress to the right customer. And, and keep in mind, you know, we are, uh, because we, we absorb the entire risk for, um, the at-home trial, uh, we, we have a huge incentive to get that right. That's get it right. The first time, um, cause it's very expensive for us to, to pick up a mattress, um, uh, when, when it doesn't work out for customers. So that's really for us a worst case scenario. So we, we, we devote a lot of resources internally to, to making sure that we get that right mattress to the right customer. And, and, you know, you, you, touched on that, uh, just, just there, when you said that you've got this huge range of human being, of shapes and sizes of human being. And, and this is actually one thing that, that we definitely do take into account. So at goodmorning.com, we have this um, mattress matchmaker quiz, we call it. And uh, it seems innocuous enough, but this is premised, like I said, on tens of thousands of data points. And uh, one of the questions we ask there is your height and weight. Uh, sounds simple enough, but this is really, really important to selecting that right sleep platform. Uh, It it really does influence the outcome. Uh, So if you get that, just the height and weight, if you get that wrong, Uh, it can lead to to poor sleep and and needing to change out your sleep surface.
1: Yeah, Sam, we're talking with Sam Prohaska, the founder and CEO of GoodMorning.com. You know, Sam, I've spent a lot of time in Europe with Major League Baseball and just touring around lecturing and and working with athletes in in elite programs in Europe. And one of the things that I, you know, one of my first times over there that I really thought was quite bizarre is in some of the hotels, they they push two beds together. And the first time I saw that, I go, hey, well, this is kind of unique. And I'm laying there one night, and of course I was I was on my own. There's two beds there. I'm going, huh? This could work really, really good at home because you know most couples they share a bed. I'm going, but I'm a totally different sleeper than my wife, and I have an incredibly different build. She's a petite uh, little little thing, and you know I'm I'm not gigantic or anything but i'm you know i'm hundred twenty 220 pounds so i very i'm going wouldn't it be great if i had my mattress on this side and she had her mattress on her side because i know that the mattress we have isn't perfect for her either but but you know this was years and years and years ago and when i saw for the first time these two beds pushed together i go huh this could be a really good idea (laughs) and here we are talking about pretty much exactly that
3: yeah no question and and you know you, you can achieve this um in in north america as well with uh we call it a split king. It's essentially two twin Excel mattresses, uh, on a, on a, a uh, the appropriate foundation. And, and that's exactly right. You know, that there are many ways. And that's another question we, we ask is, uh, do you sleep with a partner? And, uh, cause of course, sleeping preferences are going to differ, differ very much between people. And so if you can achieve that. Um, you know, if you do, if you do share a mattress, then that's first thing you gotta, you really gotta hit. Um, get right is motion transfer. You, you just got to make absolutely sure you eliminate motion transfer as a source of, of uh, lack of restfulness. Um, but, but yeah, if there's a lack of... of if, if that isn't enough, if, for example, the comfort layers are... Uh, if, if one sleeper just prefer, requires additional support or, uh, or, and the other sleeper needs possibly less support um, and maybe more in terms of uh, kind of softness in the comfort layers... Uh, That's definitely a great option.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm excited about this, Sam. And I'll tell you also, the other thing I'm excited about um, is some of the prices that we're seeing now. Boy, oh boy, Um, there's no doubt about it. This is a worthy investment for anybody. We spend so much time sleeping. Sleep is so important to our health, our health, Sam, and not to mention our performance for our athletes, most certainly, but everybody's performance. Whether you're a mechanic, an accountant, a lawyer, or a teacher, your sleep impacts everything you do It's why it's one of our number one priorities for human performance here at crush performance sam um but uh the range in pricing as well now maybe talk to us about this because i know this scares a lot of people and even some of our conversations with our clients they're going holy smokes look at the price of this um price price doesn't always dictate um the mattress you need does it sam uh you know
3: it doesn't um we we Put a lot. Well, so price, you know, price and comfort. We actually, uh, I don't think they're they're not related. Price and features are generally related. So, great, good point. You, you can get a you can get a great um, a great mattress for for as little as uh, a, a few hundred bucks. Um, uh, but it's not it's not necessarily going to come with the high density um, latest generation phones. Might not have a removable cover. Uh, It might not have a a gel infused comfort layer, for example, Um, uh, but certainly the the relationship between comfort and price there shouldn't be one, Uh, which is you know kind of speaks to that to one of those questions that we've we've completely eliminated uh, at Goodmorning.com, which you do still occasionally bump into in the traditional mattress shopping experience, which is what's your, um, uh, what is your price range? Right. And so we, we kind of look at that question and say, well, what does price range have to do with what kind of sleep you're after or what kind of body, body type you have? Uh, the answer is it, it shouldn't have anything to do with it. Um, I love and it. so, yeah, no, you can, you can get a very comfortable mattress for a great price.
1: Oh no. And I love this, Sam. This is such a great, this is an important part of the conversation. So I think about my daughters, okay. They're off to school, And, you know, the first call we get is, you know, they're in a dormitory. This mattress is terrible. You know, so we actually went out and, you know, we looked at a price range and we said, okay, well, we're going to designate this as a price range. And now this is their mattress. They take it everywhere they go. And, and, you know, as they're going through school, now they're back home and now they're renting apartments, getting a job. Um, That mattress is traveling with them. And it's at a price point that's good for the student. Uh, but also it, it gives them the sleep that they really do need. So this is a really, really important conversation, Sam, because let's face it, I think you and I both agree, and the data shows us that, um, in general, we are sleep-deprived. And and not only is it impacting our performance, uh, but it's also uh, impacting our health and wellness. So so to invest or at least find uh, 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 a really good comfortable sleep within your price range uh this is one of the few times in history that we've been able to do that so this really gets me excited
3: yeah there's no question i mean we uh, we spend an an enormous amount of time in bed you know if uh uh 25 to 30 years of our lives uh, is spent and uh, that way and you know that's that's a lot of time um and so really it once you've got a, a roof over your head, that sleep surface really is should be number two. Um, uh, and I know a lot of a lot of folks, uh, myself actually for the longest time until I got on this business, uh, that it's a distant priority. I think when I uh, went mattress shopping, I'd been sleeping on a hand-me-down for, for my 20s, you know, my entire 20s. Right. Uh, and it wasn't yeah. until I, I hit my 30s and started to feel not so... Uh, spry in the morning, um, you know, and started of the age, I suppose, started to happen. Um, and I started to realize, yeah, now's the time. Um, and I probably should have acted on it, you know, five or 10 years before. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's a heck of a lot of time. And, you know, that, that mattress, the, the strength of a mattress really isn't, it, it's not, it's like I said earlier, that how to actually quantify what good sleep is largely the scientific community is out. I mean, there are certain indicators that, that will uh, possibly inform a better sleep over a, over a poorer sleep. But fundamentally, what we're in the job, what any mattress companies in the job are doing is providing a sleep platform that doesn't lead to um, lack of restful sleep. And so what we're trying to do is eliminate the causes of bad sleep um, and then really to provide that platform on which the sleeper can then uh, create good sleep. you know with all the other things that we should all be doing, we know we should be doing, like getting enough exercise and uh, limiting the amount of caffeine we have in the afternoon and um, putting our screens down uh, an hour before we go go to bed. These, these are things we we know we should do. Um, I think I'm guilty of not doing a lot of them myself. But
1: <laughs> right, yeah, you
3: got go to eliminate the sleep platform as a source of bad sleep, and that's what I think uh, GoodMorning.com dot com is really good
1: at. Yeah, no, no, I agree. No, congratulations to you guys. It's such an important conversation. And, you know, getting back to you, you know, sleeping on that hand-me-down. I was the same. And, you know, we say this in our industry quite a bit and with Crush Performance, our business as well, uh, good is the greatest enemy of great. And, you know, through my through my high school or sorry, my, my university days and beyond, um, you know, I, I kept my old mattress and it was a good sleep. But I'll tell you this right now. Um, it wasn't a great sleep. I didn't experience a great sleep, kind of the same story as you until I was a little bit older and really started thinking, Hey, what, what does it feel like? Invested a little bit and actually, uh, investigated the, the mattress world Uh, found a mattress that seemed good. And boy, boy, as soon as I made that change, I was sleeping so much better. So good was okay for me because I didn't know any better. And I do believe Sam, that's why conversations like this are so, so important. So, so maybe to wrap this up, Sam, to get back to sort of um, that mattress matching system you have uh, to just remind people of what they can do to find the right mattress for them. Maybe we, we could revisit that just one more time here.
3: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the, these are the questions. So what, what we've tried to do is distill the, the most important questions out of that, that enormous range of feedback we get. Uh, so what are the commonalities that will, will inform the right choice for that, right, for that customer? And, and so we've, we've distilled it down to just a, a handful of questions, things like um, your, uh, what, what position you generally sleep in, side, back, stomach, uh, do you sleep alone or with a partner, um, in, in general terms do you, prefer, do you prefer softer or firmer height and weight hugely important um, whether whether you're susceptible to pressure points uh, and if you've had a history of pressure points causing discomfort and then what has uh, what type of mattress has generally worked for you in the past you know these, these sound like innocuous questions but when you distill from uh, tens of thousands of data points down to these questions and then uh, and then use the answers to those questions and draw out the uh, ranked choice, uh, order of choices from, um, most likely to work out to least likely to work out, uh, boy, oh boy, you know, it really works. Um, it really does work at uh, this data-driven approach. Uh, it works very, very well.
1: Yeah. And you guys back it up with that incredible warranty, the risk-free trial, 120 nights stay. you guys really do back your product, Sam. Um, you know, uh, our motto is here: better sleep for all. Sam, better sleep for all. That's one of our missions with the Crush Sleep Project Love here, it. and you guys are, 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 I believe, a big, big part of that puzzle.
3: Thank you so much. We try to earn, uh, we try to earn our place in, in being a piece of that puzzle.
1: Yeah, no question, Sam. Hey, listen. So, really, really appreciate the conversation today. Uh, we're gonna have more questions for you, so I'll uh, look forward to talking to you again. We'll keep this dialogue going, and for everybody out there, it's GoodMorning.com. Sam, really, really appreciate this.
3: Likewise. Thanks a lot for, uh, for the conversation today, Jess.
1: All right. There you go, everybody. Kind of a cool look at the other side of the sleep story. And that is where you're sleeping. The mattresses, the new technology, all the options that are now available. It's crazy. Like some of these new beds and some of the new technology out there is absolutely fascinating. All in the name of helping us sleep better so we can have better health And so we can perform better. It is truly an investment. And one of the big takeaways here, of course, in our conversation with Sam is, depending on your budget, you can find the best possible option for you. Sleep quality is not dependent on your budget. The options might be, and there are some incredible options out there now, but regardless of the budget, let's make sure you have the right mattress for you right now. A really fantastic sub. So we have to thank Sam Prohaska today from goodmorning.com. We also have to thank Dr. Charles Samuels from the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. A fantastic and interesting discussion there. Again, we'll continue our talk on sleep throughout this year because it's tied in with everything we do. Again, our number one priority in human performance. When we get an organization or an athlete into our fold, the first thing we do is address sleep, sleep patterns, and sleep times. We build everything backwards from that. Of course, there are many factors involved and many variables involved as well that have to be considered competitive schedule, practice times, training, travel, whatever there might be in your life in terms of your performance in sport. But also, let's talk about health and wellness, business, working your job. It's the exact same approach I would use for somebody who comes to us looking to improve their performance on the job or at school. It's a big picture, holistic look at all the variables involved in somebody's life with top performance as the main objective. And it's not that difficult, but you got to know this stuff to, to really work it into your plan. And today's conversation really sets us up on the sleep side. And it also sets us up for our major campaign here in 2021. Two major themes that we'll be attacking all year long. Talent and the Crush Brain Game. And trust me, all of these things are interconnected. Speaking of which, coming up next week, everybody, we are going to launch our look into the brain game. We're gonna to try to define it. We're gonna review and look at where we're at in our understanding of the brain game and all of the factors involved. This is a big one for sure, and that's why we're taking the entire 2021 season to break it down, put it together, and then prioritize where the brain should be and all the factors of the brain game should be in terms of optimizing your performance. We set that stage next week, and it is going to be a doozy, so I hope you'll be there. So until then, get out there, have some fun, stay safe, most of all, get better, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance.
0: Look carefully, very carefully. You're getting sleepy, very sleepy. What Very, very sleepy. This is a
2: Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence.
0: This team with really good quarterback play, dynamic playmakers at receiver, great running back, one of the best offensive lines you're going to ever see, a defense that's got some experience that came back from last year, a lot of things going forward, and the best coach in college football history. I've said this several times. What Nick Saban has done is, nothing short of amazing and i don't know anybody that you know obviously with my background would say been heaven worked with him i knew early on this guy was special as a head coach i didn't think special meant was going to be the greatest college football of all time you you don't ever think that or see that or uh, you just you just don't but there's no question about it that what he has done to the degree that he has had success how he's evolved and changed to adjust, you know, I say this all the time that when you're talking about coaches, great coaches, there are a lot of aspects to it. It starts with leadership. It starts with the ability to build that culture and build that that focus and that determination. That's the key. There are a lot of guys that have good ability from an X is O's standpoint. There's some guys that can lead. There's some guys that can recruit to be able to do it all well is it's what makes them, well, unbeatable. In terms of, they don't win every game. They don't win the title every year. But they average, over the last 12 years, winning a national title every other year. Uh, It's phenomenal.
1: The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.